of our beloved TV show, Seinfeld, and yes. uh, we're here this week, uh, myself, Stephen, and my good pal, Ivan. G'day. And uh, today we're going to be talking about a tremendous episode, which we'll get into a bit later, but uh, first of all, we just wanted to say thank you so much for the support. Um, yeah, we've gotten a lot of really good feedback. Um, things have been going really well, and we're really happy, and it just keeps us excited and keeps us motivated, yeah. so yeah, if you've taken the time to listen, subscribe, tell anyone about it. Uh, get in touch with us, whatever. It's um, it's amazing. So, because yeah. I tell you what, Stephen, I'm absolutely wrapped. You know, the, the support we've been getting. You know, we've been getting listeners from America, Australia, and Europe, yeah. parts of Asia. It's it's crazy. So, thank you. Yeah, like just continuing by what Stephen said. Thanks heaps. You know, we really appreciate the support, and we're glad you're enjoying the uh, the show. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a great it's a ride, like an absolute pleasure giving you you know the show and doing it yeah you know, it's, no, it's, great. it's it's really awesome it's very rewarding um and it's nice that people actually like what we're doing which is cool yeah it's um, rad. Rad, we, man. not to get into too much detail but we use the service to track um you know where our listeners are from and i always keep an eye on it to see where the most obscure listeners are coming from yeah and i think so far it's got to be ukraine ukraine yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I don't have the name of the uh, the town it's a bit hard to pronounce yeah it was yeah. like 10 syllables with a bunch of hyphens in there <laughs> yeah so if you you're know. from the ukraine hey yeah and it also kind of, it kind of made our indigenous names look very simple because you know sometimes they're a bit difficult because there there's a lot of syllables and a lot of repetitive vowel sounds yeah um, but yeah, it, it was, I couldn't pronounce it. I just went, Ukraine, that's fine. Yeah, that's, that's good. It. That's yep. it. Kiev, that'll do. Yeah, I, I love chicken Kiev. <laughs> sure, good, yeah. Good stuff. I like eggplant Kiev. Yeah. And also <laughs> a special shout out, because I know we love all our listeners around the world, but especially, uh, you know, in a place called South Portland in the mm. United States, we're getting a lot of a lot of love over there. So uh, if you're listening from South Portland, thanks heaps for the support. I don't know what's happening. Is Has one of you uh, listened and then suddenly all your mates are, or you're working a company and you all found out at once? Like, how did it work? I'm yeah. really curious we noticed a a, a a sort of cluster of downloads from that town yeah. recently over one or two days yeah um so Crazy. if you're the mysterious person or people please get in touch because yeah. we want to know who you are bidwabask podcast at gmail.com or at bidwabask on facebook twitter and instagram let us know we'd love to hear it yeah and uh generally if you want to get in touch please send feedback um yeah like we said criticism ideas whatever just let us know It'd be awesome yeah now steven no more uh, dicking around let's get into it yeah yeah indeed all right so we're talking about season two episode five the apartment great episode so yeah if you've ever felt felt awkward you know living with an ex you know in the same house or building it happened to me once it was really awkward i bet yeah but you know this one's for you you know i'm sure we've all been there at one stage you know we've had like a friend who you know you might have had bad blood with you know you, you developed like a hatred for each other and you had to live with them for a while or maybe you know you had an ex and then you had to live with them for a bit or you know yeah i think everyone's had some pretty awkward living situations i've i've lived in share houses uh with friends who i thought it would be awesome to live with because mm. you get along so well like you have common interests and you just have great rapport but then after three months of living with them you just want to kill them yeah. so <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, not exactly the situation in the apartment but no, no. just yeah regrettable you, you know you're excited to live with someone close to you but then you actually think about it you think it through <laughs> and you think oh maybe this wasn't but you can't you can't take back that offer you can't be like oh by the way yeah 
I'm uh, thinking about, you know, you living above me and I actually think it's a bad idea. Like, yeah. That's, that's just something... That's just an awkward conversation. We sure, yeah, it sure is. <laughs> yeah. And just a bit of trivia, because we are going to get into Seinfeld news just in a quick sec. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a bit of trivia about this episode. So the apartment, uh, it marked the show's return to air uh, as it was almost cancelled after a two-month hiatus. Ah. In uh, 1990... When did that air? Jeez, I had my notes. 1991. So they had like a two-month hiatus. And what happened was um, the ratings of the show, they actually increased... Because Seinfeld was on the fence. Mm. They weren't sure if they were going to like renew it. So the ratings increased because they slotted it after Cheers when okay. it came back. And Cheers was like yeah, high rating Yeah, that's when it was show. peaking. Yeah, when it was peaking, yeah. And uh, yeah, as a result, it got renewed for a third season and then a fourth and the fifth and so on and so forth. I'm glad. Uh, I'm sure they're, they're glad they made that decision. Oh, yeah. And it was a time before... It, one thing, it's pretty well known about Family Guy, how it got cancelled because its time slot changed all the time and it oh, yeah. never pick up like a good uh, committed audience... And then they cancelled it because it was just the ratings were shocking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a couple of years later, they released all the DVDs and the DVD sales at the time. I'm pretty sure, even to this day, are the strongest ever um, for an animated series. And based purely on the strength of the DVDs, they they commissioned a season four. Yeah, because um, the early seasons of Family Guy were just great. Yeah, I think the first three or four of seasons, I, I love. Them. Yeah, I, I think it pretty much mirrors The Simpsons, where yeah, yeah. it starts. The first season's not bad, but season two, three, mm. up to about seven or eight, yeah, are just perfect yeah and then it starts to decline and it it's, does. it's getting worse it does but anyway um, we're not a family guy podcast we're seinfeld so no we are now that's, oh, we that's, are now. i said i had a surprise before we started recording <gasps> oh yeah we're actually talking about family guy now hey, i'm <laughs> peter i'm peter <laughs> no you're ivan continue no, I'm ivan yes <laughs> so here we go seinfeld news for another week Now, Stephen, have you ever been a fake architect? Uh, yes, I have. I was yeah. actually recently convicted, so I'm reporting news of myself. Yes, you are. And you yeah. were from New York? Indeed, I was. So. And your company was called Operation Vandalay? Well, no, my company was called Cohesion Studios. Cohesion Studios, yes. Yeah, so I thought this was a pretty good piece of Seinfeld news. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It happened through the week, and it was actually widely reported um, on a number of news sites. Like, normally these news pieces are sort of obscure, mm. fun sort of things that just relate to Seinfeld, but this was actually a pretty big deal. It was life imitating art. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So a guy named Paul J. Newman, not that Paul Newman. Not, Coincidence. Yeah. I'm not Paul Newman, but not Newman. Hello, Newman. Yes, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> when I saw the name, I'm like, come on, that's not his real name. Surely. <laughs> that's a fake name. Yeah. Do you reckon uh, the real Newman would do something like that? Become a definitely. fake architect? Yeah. To make thousands? Well, uh, he would do something slimy. I don't think he's smart enough to pull off something like that. No. Like that requires a lot of commitment and you know intellect. Anyway, so this guy, Paul J. Newman, uh, president of... The fictitious... Well, it was a real studio. It was called Cohesion Studios. Um, <laughs> he was charged with defrauding construction companies, business owners, and municipalities. Oh, my God. Um, for basically pretending to be a licensed and registered architect. Um, he was convicted by the attorney uh, an attorney general. I'm not sure where. Uh, some uh, Actually... It was, um, in, was it New York? New York State. New York yeah, State, yeah. yeah but yeah. I'm not sure... Do attorney generals, do they represent states in America? Oh, I think sure. they do. I thought it was if you're from America, attorneys. especially South Portland, get in touch. Yeah, <laughs> South, <laughs> Let Portland, us know. South Portland in Maine. Beautiful Maine. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so he, uh, over time, they were monitoring his activities. And once they charged him, they convicted him of um, collecting nearly 200 grand for rendering fraudulent services 
since 2010. And this only happened uh, through the week. Yeah. Um, so the last week of April in 2017. So um, the, this is where the Seinfeld part comes in, obviously, um, you know, in reference to George always fantasizing and pretending to be an architect to impress people. Um, but the investigation by the Attorney General was called Op- Operation Vandalay Industries. Oh, that's where it came from, yeah. yeah Operation Vandalay Industries. That's it, yeah. That's fantastic. Someone had clearly had a sense of humour. Yeah, that's yeah. it. So, um, and uh, some more details. They, uh, Newman, not Newman Newman, Paul Newman, not that Paul Newman, Paul J. Newman. R.I.P. <laughs> uh, allegedly drafted architectural renderings for over 100 properties in the Albany uh, Rensselia, I think that's called, and Saratoga counties. Um, and if he's convicted, uh, he uh, the maximum sentence is 15 years. Good. But they're expecting him to go to prison between five and 15 years. Okay. Yeah. Well, so, fair enough. Yeah. 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 So that's pretty, um, that's pretty cool. Doesn't it remind you of the bottle deposit guy? Remember how we, we talked about that a few weeks ago? You know, the guy yeah. who, was, who got cans or bottles and brought them to another state to get yeah. the money? Was, yeah. 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 These people, you know, they think, oh, I'm a huge Seinfeld fan. Let me just imitate some of the stuff. And little do they know that they can't quite get away with it like in the show. Yeah, you've got to wonder if there is any inspiration from Seinfeld or if it's just a coincidence. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think any sort of, like, scam that exists or you think of, it's probably been thought of by someone already. Yeah. So it's probably just a coincidence. But, yeah, it's funny how they relate to Seinfeld. <laughs> um, nice. The second piece of i guess you would call it news it's like last week um uh well sorry like um i can't remember another edition of seinfeld news we did i can't remember oh you you can't remember what happened what happened yesterday yeah that's it so that's right wake up man that's right ethan i mean ivan um john john stop it hey paul newman (laughs) (laughs) just call me paul newman um so my friend from Brisbane, Samara, thank you. If you listen, hello. Hey, Samara. Yeah, you're a, you're a sweetheart. Um, she sent me a link to a guy. I can't remember his name. I didn't take down the detail. But he is a vegan chef. And what he does is try... He's building an online recipe book of uh, TV recipes. Uh-huh. And he's released a recipe for mulligatani soup. Oh, I, you sent me that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How yep. good's that? Yeah. It's like the full on the proper ingredients. That's it. Mulligatani. Yeah. yeah, it's from 2010. Yeah. But she's, a, she's an avid foodie. Um, so she came across it, I think, just looking for recipes. And she thought, oh, cool, Seinfeld-ish stuff. Yeah. And she sent it my way. And if you haven't listened, in episode one, our first one, we talked about the soup Nazi and we talked about Malagatani yeah, and all, um, all that kind of stuff. Our premiere episode. Our premiere. So. so if you haven't listened to that one as well as the other six or seven, seven we've done. Yeah. And this one, please Absolutely. subscribe. Indeed. Um, and the third piece of news, um, uh, apparently a Detroit police chief named James Craig. So a guy with two first names. So I don't trust him already. <laughs> Can't trust him. <laughs> yeah, so I've been told. Um, he, he apparently had a warning. I don't know what prompted this warning, but he had a warning um, for it must have been prompted by an event. Something must have happened. Um, but he got on the record, maybe an interview or something, um, and he says, quote, um, if you're videotaping an event, so like the, the last episode ever of Seinfeld, yeah, sure. as far as I'm concerned, you're an actor in this. Um, and he's basically saying that if you're videotaping an event and not going to any measure to you know, help out mm-hmm. whoever the victim is, yeah, yeah. you're just as guilty. Wow, so like the finale. Yeah, exactly. Same thing. But um, apparently, this was in Michigan, um, obviously Detroit police chef, uh, police chef, <laughs> police chef, police chief. I must be hungry. <laughs> hey, you want my eight mile burger? Uh, I'll make that for you. Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> just no. Oh, I tried. But 
Yeah, so apparently there's no law uh, that forces uh, a bystander to call 911 or take action when they see a crime being committed. Um, you know, even if someone's filming it on their phone, they can't be convicted. So this this sort of police chief had a moral objection, mm. but there's no criminal objection. So hmm. if he if he saw you observing a crime and yeah. not doing anything, yeah. um, or he felt that you could reasonably sort of, um, you know, stop it or do something to help, and he arrested you, that wouldn't hold up because yeah. there's no actual law. There's no, There's nothing to... You know, to convict you on. So, if the Seinfeld characters, you know, they they're playing, you know, not crashed, but if it broke down in Michigan, yeah, what they would have done, they would have been fine. Yeah, the the finale would have ended differently. Yeah, that's it. Hmm. Do, does Newman and Kramer go to Michigan to trade in the bottles? I thought it was Michigan. Yeah. I thought it was Michigan. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So one thing that isn't illegal in Michigan, but there isn't there yeah. is a, the bottle trading. That's like scam the bottle de- definitely. That's like the bottle deposit guy. Yeah, he went to Michigan. Yeah, didn't he? Yeah, must be some sort of uh, cosmic link between Michigan and Seinfeld. Weird. Yeah. If yeah. you're from Michigan, hey, yeah, let us doing? know. Um, so that's all I have for Seinfeld news. There we go. Yeah. Wrapped up. Indeed. Anchorman. Indeed. So um, we'll get into today's episode, and I'll let Ivan give uh, give a bit of a synopsis. Yes. Here we go, Stephen. So uh, episode five of season two, The Apartment, is what we're doing. And uh, in my book, you're a winner. <laughs> so I'm just shaking my fists. <laughs> if you're a listener, you're a winner. <laughs> yes. Now there's a new contender. For Lord of the Idiots. <laughs> okay, this episode, written by Peter Melman and directed by Tom Sharones, it first aired in the US on April 4th, 1991. Now, in this one, Stephen, uh, Jerry overhears his building managers, Harold, played by Glenn Shaddix, and Manny Tony Plana, saying that the old lady from an apartment upstairs, Mrs. Hudwalker, age 94, RIP, <laughs> has died, and that her apartment is now available for rent at a low $400 a month. Even for the time and for a rent-controlled apartment, mm. that just seems astonishingly yeah. low. And apparently, I had a quick look, and uh, after inflation and in this current time, mm. it'd be about eight fifty to nine hundred dollars a month, Australian or American? American dollars. So but for Manhattan, yeah, geez, you can't go wrong. I mean, that it, you know, the exchange rate at the moment is about seventy-five cents, mm-hmm. give or take. Yeah. So that's what, say, twelve hundred bucks. You know, just roughly. <laughs> you live in Manhattan. I know. I mean, come on, in man. a in a nice two bedroom, one or two bedroom apartment for mm. three hundred bucks a week. I've paid more than that for a fucking shoebox in St Kilda. Yeah, yeah. So, St yeah. Kilda in Melbourne. In case yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, good spot. Yeah, so that's that's pretty crazy. So uh, you know, a lot of people would jump at the chance to totally. to rent something like that. Yeah. Um. So in that case, Jerry tells Elaine about this, as she said earlier that she wasn't happy with where she lived. Uh, when Elaine exclaims that she can drop into Jerry's place whenever she wants and she'll be close to him after Jerry says that the apartment's available, Jerry feels that he made a mistake by telling her about it. I love the look on Jerry's face. He, just, everything just, just went wrong. Yeah. He's, just like, he's really excited. And then when she's sort of repeating the benefits of her living close by, she's like, I'll be so close. I yeah. can pop in. And he's like, yeah, and, whenever. And you see the colour drain yeah. from his face. Yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. His facial expression goes from sort of happiness and excitement about living so close to his friend. To like FML. To, yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah. right. Yeah, why did I do this? <laughs> why did I bother? Oh, why? He uh, didn't think. No. Jerry feels a sense of relief uh, when Harold claims that another person has paid $5,000 to secure the apartment. Uh, and he'll offer it to Elaine if she can come up with the same amount of money because Harold mentions that Elaine says hi to him. So she likes he likes Elaine. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. he's happy to give Elaine the apartment instead of the other fella. Yeah. Sounds, sounds like a nice bloke. If yeah. all you need to do is say hello... Yeah. He likes you. That's, that's yeah. pretty good. Well, we'll talk about Harold and we'll talk yeah. about Manny and a couple of other characters a bit later. Indeed. Um, so 
it, yeah, so if a lane can come up with a five grand, feeling like he has a great opportunity to get a lane to not go ahead with it, he reveals this to her. Kramer walks in and overhears what Jerry was saying, and he says that Jerry should loan the money to her. But Elaine is reluctant due to the enormity of the loan amount and decides to think about it. <laughs> and just when Jerry thought he was out, they pull him back in. Yes. Godfather, part three. George borrows Kramer's dad's wedding band as a social experiment to see if he can pick up women at a party if they're attracted to married men. Jerry, George and Elaine go to a friend's apartment, Roxanne, who's played by Janine Jackson, who we'll talk about Roxanne a bit later, to watch the New York Marathon. And uh, George's experiment fails with hilarious results on uh, two occasions. Yes. Just so good. Three occasions. Three. Oh, that's yeah, right. Yes. We'll get into it. F- yeah. Major sporting events in Madison Square Garden. And guilt-free sex. Yeah. Lifetime of guilt-free sex. That's right. Brian Costanza, Lord of the Idiots. <laughs> the next day, Jerry is told by Kramer that another person has offered $10,000 for the apartment. Pooh, ten grand for a $400 a month freaking place. Yeah. Not bad. It kind of defeats the purpose, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's like... Fuck you, man. That's my but I apartment. Guess, I guess if you have that money up front, but you're going to be saving on rent long term, it's kind of a almost an investment in a way. Yeah. Makes yeah, well, sense. Well, you better hope your rent doesn't go up in yeah. that time. If I mean, if that was the case in New York in, what, 1991, mm. I'm not going to complain about Melbourne's rental market, which is pretty bad. Which is pretty pretty much in the east coast of Australia. Yeah, that's Sydney, true. Melbourne, that's Brisbane true. to a degree. That's true. Yeah, it's really gone to shit. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. back to good news. Back to good news, yeah. So Elaine needs 10 grand for the apartment, and Jerry knows for sure that Elaine will never ask for that much money. And he feels a sense of relief, but he also feels kind of guilty for not telling Elaine the truth about why he doesn't want her in the building, you know, because ex-girlfriend. And then even Elaine mentions at the, uh, the brunch that, you know, they, she could bring a guy home and it feel kind of awkward. And are you sure you want to go ahead with it? I'm happy if you're happy. And then Jerry, you know, he has a chance to say, yeah, yeah, I don't want it. And then she walks off and, you know, he has the motion where he's like about to say something. Yeah. As she walks off and he's like, uh, 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 fails. She didn't really give him much of a chance to object. She just sort of, sort of went... Oh, you don't mind? Okay, see ya. I think she wanted, like, she wanted the apartment, mm. no matter what. And, yeah. You know, I think she was keen on it and trying to get Jerry, yeah. you know, trying to make it sound like she's not boasting and too, like, oh, I've got the apartment. <laughs> yeah, that's she true. She wanted to kind of save face. Just play it down a bit. Play it down a bit. Yeah. And plus, you know, she doesn't care about the water pressure in the building. That's true. She can have baths. That's it. Yeah. Like Winston Churchill. Yeah. And why look. sit down when you can, uh, sorry, why stand up when you can sit down? Exactly. We're sitting down now, funnily yep. enough. There you go. We so, should do an episode standing up. We should. That'd be fun. I'd have no. to, like, lift the microphone and hold them yeah it'd be like i'm doing like a presentation you know what it would be called stand-up comedy oh hey maybe that's our next (laughs) podcast series stand-up comedy where we just tell shit jokes standing up so it's literal stand-up comedy stand-up bad stand-up comedy stand-up crap more like it (laughs) am i right i wonder if it would stand up to a test (laughs) anyway with that let's go to a quick break (laughs) yeah we're gonna go to a quick break and we're gonna talk about some secondary characters so uh stay with us I just threw away a lifetime of guilt-free sex and floor seats for every sporting event in Madison Square Garden. So please, a little respect. For I am Costanza, Lord of the Idiots. Welcome back to But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character, Seinfeld podcast about the minor and secondary characters of our beloved show Seinfeld. And you're with a couple of Aussie blokes. My name's Ivan. I'm Stephen. And boy, we're up to episode eight and we're talking about season two, episode five, The Apartment. Tremendous episode. Yeah. Look, the episode in general, I think, 
you know, because it was early days, they were mm. still finding their feet. But season two had a lot of classic episodes. This one probably wasn't quite one of the classics. Okay. Like I would him. beg to differ there. Yeah, you think I, so? For me personally, I mean, there are undisputed classics. Yeah. And then there's obviously personal classics or what you put in, you know, your classic bucket. Yeah, yeah. For me, this is just a great episode. Okay, yeah. I watched it about seven times for this. <laughs> Jesus. And I, I only I, watched it four times. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's a challenge for you. Um, <laughs> challenge accepted. Yeah, and I, I didn't get sick of it. So, yeah. you know, each for their own. Yeah, no, I guess in the context of it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't too bad. Like, yeah. For me, like, it wasn't a bad episode, but it wasn't a great episode. For yeah. me, it was, it was just good. Yeah. You know, it was enough. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about the secondary characters now. Uh, Harold and Manny, the uh, two, I guess you could say, co-landlords of the building. Superintendents, Superintendents. Uh, superintendents. I actually looked up before you get into it. Yeah. Because in Australia, we... You know, we just have landlords or building managers. Building managers, yes. And usually landlords are property owners. So That's right. if you rent a house, you have a landlord who's the owner yep. and a property manager manages, say, an apartment complex. That's it. Yep. In America, a superintendent is generally someone who just looks after the maintenance of the building. Oh. They don't they don't manage, say, the tenancy or or anything like that. Okay. Um, I don't know who does. But uh, um, yeah, I because I, I wanted to look up what a superintendent was. <laughs> like I I knew what they were like I knew what the word was. Because like Superintendent Chalmers. Exactly. Yeah. Super Nintendo Chalmers. Super Nintendo Chalmers. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Super Nintendo Chalmers. <laughs> but I didn't know what they actually did or what they were responsible for. And apparently, generally, um, they're only responsible for the maintenance and the upkeep of the okay. building. Yep. So, you know, if you had someone who wasn't paying rent, that would be the owner or, you know, the property manager or whatever. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So that's that's what Manny... Um, and Harold too. There you go, yeah. co-superintendents. And yeah. uh, so we'll talk about Harold. So Harold was played by uh, Glenn Shaddix, uh, who passed away in 2010. Mm. Uh, he's appeared in films such as Demolition Man and the remake of The Postman Always Rings Twice, which apparently didn't receive a good response. Okay. And uh, he was in TV shows including Hercules, Sinbad, and Zorro. Uh, he's one of Jerry's building managers, or well, superintendents, mm. and uh, presumably, I, I presume he's uh, Jerry's landlord, because in the episode, Jerry asks if he received his rent. Okay. Under his door. That's true. So it must be Maybe the they expanded the responsibilities for the episode. Or maybe there are exceptions. I'm just saying generally the superintendent would look after maintenance. Yeah. But yeah, whatever. It could be the superintendent slash landlord. Yeah, I think. that's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much that. Yeah. I think with Harold, you know, I think he's been doing it for a long time. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, he's been living in the building probably for maybe a de- couple of decades, maybe a decade. I reckon yeah. he took on the role. He prob- Someone probably stepped down mm-hmm. and I think he took it on and he thought, I'm pretty keen. Yeah. You know, he. I don't think Manny was on the sh- on the scene first. I think he came uh, later. Yep. And yeah, I think Harold was the guy. You know, he obviously knows Jerry and Kramer. and He seems very comfortable with everyone, doesn't he? He does, yeah. You know, he's he- sort of got this friendly, relaxed vibe with them. You know, it's not this professional sort of vibe you might have with your landlord. Yeah. You know, yeah. So and I, I would, mm-hmm. I, I get why you think he would be living there for a long time. And I think his confrontations, they all come from him and Manny. Yeah. You know, Manny's speaking like Spanish. Yeah. And it, But I guess we could say Harold understands Spanish. Yeah. You know, because Manny does. says something in Spanish and he goes, oh, yeah, I know that. And or, Manny understands English, obviously. He does, Because yeah. they talk to each other and there's no... Uh, they don't have to repeat or anything. They both understand exactly what they're saying. But why do you think that's interesting writing? Because, I mean, Manny speaks Spanish. Mm. And then Harold, well, I guess, his native tongue's English. Mm. How come do you think they made Harold speak English and Manny speak Spanish? What's, this, what's the deal? Would you reckon just to make it sound funny? Uh, like, yeah, you, I guess it just it makes, a, it makes it interesting. Yeah. I yeah. guess if you think, like, if Manny's speaking Spanish, mm. you know, usually if someone speaks Spanish to you and you don't know it, you're mm. probably like, what the hell? Yeah. Whereas Harold understands it and he responds in English. So it's kind of like, you know... Maybe as well, um, because you don't know what, what Manny's saying, and Harold sort of interprets it in a comedic way. Yeah. Sort of like, it just reminds me of um, Peanuts, 
with Snoopy and uh, Woodstock. Oh, yeah. Because I don't yeah. know if you ever watched it, but Woodstock makes this weird, like, chirping bird sound. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, you don't know what Woodstock's saying, but Snoopy would sort of summarize it and interpret it for you as oh, the reader yeah. or the watcher. <laughs> yeah. And it was sort of just... It, it, it had sort of, like, this funny effect where you could relate to the character even though you didn't understand what they were saying so maybe that comes into play that's probably where they got the inspiration from maybe it's probably some sort of technique that they use in writing or something where you've got sort of a translator who can yeah i I don't know like i don't know much about that but that's just what it reminded me of off the bat thinking about it yeah or it's like when a dog comes up to a policeman it's like what's that boy yeah jimmy's stuck in the hole yeah yeah like lassie almost you know where it's like what you know little timmy's down the well what let's go get him boy yeah yeah so good yeah maybe some it kind of reminds me that where you've got a third person acting as a translator yeah that's it you know yeah 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 that's it yeah no i think yeah with harold i think he's been in the game for a while i presume he lives in one of the apartments Yeah, and I, I think the theory I have with Harold and Manny, because we'll talk about Manny just in a sec, but what happens is Manny, I think they both are responsible for probably half of the apartments. Okay. Like, I think they're probably maybe landlords for them, as like, or maybe they supervise the properties for the landlords, and mm. they probably take the rent yeah. to give to the landlord. They're probably like, you know, like a real estate agent, I guess. Yeah, they here. just collect, they deal with the financial They stuff. deal with the financials. I think they do that as well. And I think Manny owns, or Manny manages the apartment upstairs where Mrs. H- um, the lady, Mrs. Hudswalker, was. Mm-hmm. Um, Mrs. Hudswalker. Mm. And I think with Harold, I think he supervises Jerry's apartment and probably Kramer's, so he probably gets their rent. Okay. I think they split it 50-50 because when um, Manny, like to give you an idea, when when Harold says to Jerry that Manny, um, sorry, Harold says to Jerry mm. that, you know, Elaine can give $5,000 for the thing, it's actually Manny that's that enforces it. So that's it's right. like Manny's like, oh, I can, I wanted the $5,000. Mm. But then when Harold says, you know, I guess, you know, talks about it, and then Manny says something in Spanish, I think he's saying, oh, look, we'll give your friend the apartment yep. if she can come up with five grand. And then Harold turns around to Jerry and says, oh, look, if Elaine can come up with it. Mm. So I think Manny has control over that apartment. Oh. I think it's kind of like, like, I don't think Harold and Manny manage all of it. I think it's like half-half. Yep. That's my thing. Okay. Yeah, that's that would I make, I mean, it would make it easier if that was a real working relationship. Yeah. You take one floor, I take another. Yeah. That would make it easy. Yeah, because Manny Manny calls the shops the shots for the upstairs apartment. Yeah, there'd be no conflicts of interest if you disagree. It's yeah. just one person has has authority over an apartment. Not you know they can't disagree over something. No, because they can't you know they look after different apartments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That would make sense. That's what I think it is. Yeah, okay. just because there's probably I could imagine there's so many apartments mm. in that place. You know, you couldn't manage all of them. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So you got to go half-half. One thing I thought of, and mm. I guess it's just because they're so close that maybe they're lovers. Well, funny you mention that. I, I was going to mention that they could be lovers. Yeah. I don't think they are, though. Okay. I To me, I think they just have a strictly business-only relationship. See, I got the lover vibe because they kind of bicker like a comfortable like relationship. A where yeah. Almost like, say, uh, Jerry's parents, where mm. you can sort of sense love, but they bicker a lot but yeah. it's not it's not going to be the bicker the bickering that would drive them away from each other yeah it's yeah. just it's just this you know after 30 years or however long you've been together with someone <laughs> you just bicker over stuff yeah, but you, you just know it's shit. not going to yeah you know it's not going to undo your relationship yeah yeah so i guess because of that sort of like back and forth between them but there's still some sort of respect or connection there i kind of got the love of vibe okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but you know just, just, a, just an idea. That's I think, the point I think, of the show. Yeah, it is. It sure is hypothesizing. I think there was a vibe of yeah, some sort, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that might have just been an easy conclusion to draw because you've got 
you know, sort of a stereotypically gay man in yeah. in, uh, in Harold. In he Harold, is, he is like a, I guess, stereotypical yeah. gay man. Yeah, and yeah. the actor himself, Glenn Shaddix, he was openly gay. Yeah, um, he actually came out to his parents when he was seventeen. Ah, um, right. And he had quite a tragic life. It's really sad. I got yeah. I got really bummed out reading it. Oh um, man, is it? Should we read it now? Well, I don't want to depress the listeners. No, no. We'll we'll pick it back up. But okay. Um, you know, we always talk about the actors. So it's oh, worth, we sure do. Yeah. So. Um, he came out to his parents at age 17, okay. um, yep. and I'm guessing they were religious, but once he came out, they enrolled him in what's called uh, ex-gay therapy, oh which included God. shock. Um, like gay conversion? Basically, yeah. Oh, my God. Which involved uh, ECT, which is electroconvulsive therapy. Oh, no. Um, to Poor basically guy. convert him to being a heterosexual. Poor you know, guy. Cure of him of his homosexuality, oh, apparently, no which good. is just garbage. That is garbage. Um, when, they f- when this failed, he attempted suicide, oh. and... Um, um, his okay. parents put him in hospital. He survived a three-day coma, and that was the turning point for his parents to sort of, I guess, accept his his sexuality. For who he is, yeah, yeah. Wow, so, that's so that's so deep. I know that's so, that's so yeah. hard. And um, wow. he, yeah, he became an actor in in Hollywood for thirty years, which is great. He had a really good career. Demolition Man is definitely the highlight. Demolition Man, yeah, tremendous yeah, he's movie. In that one. Yeah, so man. good. That is a good movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he died at home by slipping. Um, at, I think he slipped over on something and smacked his yeah, bench in 2010. Yeah, yeah, that's what happened. Really yeah. sad. Yeah, I don't know, I just it, oh, it just seemed like a he, life oh, full of tragedy. And sorry, between his well, at some point after he retired, he um he moved back to his home state of Alabama, mm-hmm. and um he bought a beautiful house. Apparently, it was his dream house, and it got burned down in a fire. Oh my god! And then two years later, he died. Just <sighs> his whole his whole life was tragedy, know, wasn't it? It, it just sucks. lived such a hard life. Yeah, because apparently guy. he was. I read a few like interviews with him and just a few bits and pieces about him. Um, you know, a lot of tributes um, from other actors and people in the industry after he died. And they, I mean, they never normally say bad things, but it seemed like he was just a genuinely super lovely dude. Yeah, yeah, he seemed like it. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. you know, just well-respected, just a good, solid actor, Mm. you know, in it for the right reasons to just do good work. Yeah, that's it. Um, You know, so it's always, I mean, it's sad when that happens to anyone, but, um, you know, to someone who's talented and just seemingly just a, you know, all in all, all, you know, through and through good chap. Yeah. It's uh, it sucks. Anyway, it look, sucks I, didn't, anyway. I didn't mean to bum out the mood. Yeah. I just thought it was uh, no, no, that, that's fair enough. Thank you, know, you for mentioning that. Yeah. yeah. So you know, yeah. wherever you are, Glenn Shaddix, big ups, respect. We, we loved you as Harold, and Indeed. it's an absolute shame because this is the only episode where Harold and Manny appear. I know they never come back. I wish they came back as you know, not every episode, but maybe a couple of times a season. Yeah, would have been nice. Apparently, he was set to come back. There were some ideas floating around. He was set to return in uh, another season two episode, The Revenge. Oh, um, yes. Yeah, so apparently he would tell uh, the core four that Newman um, jumped from the building, um, but an awning broke his fall. Um, however, the Newman subplot in that episode was significantly reduced, ah. so they sort of wrote out his um, his part. Oh, so, that, yeah. Yeah, I reckon he would have made a good, like, just like a recurring character, like character. Maybe yeah. once a season, just yeah, popping in to I think you so. know, add a few bits and pieces. He, so him and Manny, too. Definitely, yeah, both good. of them. They're sort of inseparable. Yeah. yeah. And speaking of Manny, uh, so he was played by Cuban-American actor and director Tony Plana. Planner? Tony Planner? Planner. Planner. Town Planner. And he, like, I, this guy, I've seen him in so many things, but I've never known his name. He, he's like one of those actors where you're like, oh, him. Yeah. You know, I see him in, like, later stuff, and I'm like, oh, my God, that was that's Manny. Yeah. It's like, whoa, yeah. that's him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, films and shows include uh, Ugly Betty that he was in. He was also in uh, Goal. Okay. Uh, and Primal Fear. Hmm. Uh, he was famous for TV and film, but he was more prominent in theatre as well. Uh, he also played the part of Rudy in both the stage and film versions of Zoot Suit. Can't say I've seen that one, though. No. 
Yeah, yeah. The yeah. only thing I know about the Zoot Suits on the mask and um, that terrible song by Cherry Pop and Daddies. <laughs> Zoot Suit Riot. Cherry Pop and Daddies? Uh, they were this terrible swing band from the 90s. Oh, my God. Um, and they had a song. They were called the Cherry Pop and Daddies, which is not that is not creepy at all. But um, No, definitely not. <laughs> I can and see. And they, they had like a minor hit. They were kind of like the Mighty Mighty Bostones where they were big in their scene and then they yeah. had one little crossover hit. Oh. Everyone got the shits with them and now everyone just thinks they fucking suck because they do. They're they, fucking the, awful. Oh, God, they would, especially yeah. with a name like that. I know. It's Jesus. so bad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, look, if I see them in like the one dollar bargain <laughs> bin, I'll just fucking tear it Yeah, up. they're probably in every <laughs> cashies, which is cash converters for our international listeners. Yeah, pawn shops. Yeah, basically. Pawn brokers. Professional pawn brokers, really. Professional, yeah. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah, as I mentioned, this episode's the only one which features Harold and Manny. Thing with Harry, um, no, Harry, Manny. <laughs> <laughs> they should have done yeah. a spin off movie and called it When Harry Met Manny. Oh, yeah, that would have been good. <laughs> Boris Boreros, Mararos. Yeah, yeah, I love you too, Manny. Yeah, <laughs> you know? sure, why not? Yeah, cool, why not? Yeah, it's like three o'clock. What? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so Manny, um, my my opinion is because you know, assuming that Manny is Cuban American like Tony, Manny could have immigrated from Cuba to the US because um, there were a couple of waves of Cuban immigration mm. in the twentieth century. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the first wave occurred, I think, just before nineteen fifty, around. The I think he's too young for that. Yeah, no, no. Unless, unless he I'm, I'm just when he was no, no, no. I'm just mentioning it. Right. Okay. So the first one was during around the Great Depression. Okay. And the next one was uh, during the Cuban Revolution when Fidel Castro okay. overtook the country. There were a lot of defectors, mm. so a lot of people that left. Mm. So my theory is, assuming Manny is Cuban American, um, I think he left after the Cuban Revolution. Okay. Because a lot of people, like a lot of workers, you know, immigrated to the United States, particularly in Miami, in yep. Florida. A lot of them went, you know, seen Scarface. Yeah. You know, that's based off that. Yeah, well. I always get reminded of Dexter. Or like Dexter, yeah. Cuban sort of Miami culture. Yeah, yeah, Miami culture, yeah. So my theory is with Manny, he came to Miami mm-hmm. and he probably started off doing some kind of work. Yeah. And then one day most or maybe... Like, most likely unskilled or something. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And one of two things happened. He probably just moved to New York for a change and mm-hmm. became a superintendent. Mm. Or if you want to go by the lover vibe, like the lover kind of tangent, maybe Harold was in Miami. Maybe they met. And they met. Yeah. And you know, they fell in love or whatever yep. and mm. then Harold said come back with me to New York come live with me job. I reckon if he did uh, emigrate to Miami and um, you know live there for a while that's where a lot of that's where a lot of the Cuban yeah, Americans yeah, went yeah yeah it's yeah. the closest part to Cuba yeah, of mainland Florida. America so it's um, yeah it makes sense yeah um, it's only like what 70, 80 k's or something yeah it's, it's not like, it's not far not long yeah not not long at all. It's crazy. That's why crazy so short. much cocaine came through <laughs> Florida because it was so easy for the Cubans to get there oh yeah um, it, going on the vibe of you know he, he met potentially met um, in Miami Harold in Miami yeah. and moved up to New York yeah yeah I reckon he would have learned a lot of his sort of handyman superintendent skills by just working odd job maybe unskilled jobs maybe yeah in Miami just maybe. to sort of get his you know get get a bit more established in America or maybe he was already a carpenter yeah that's perhaps. true maybe yeah because a lot of, a lot of skilled workers in, yeah a lot of skilled workers came over yeah too, that's so. true that's yeah. true could be him one, th- yeah. one thing I noticed about Manny is he's, he's, he's kind of narky like he's sort of yeah. a bit he's like he, he he's, definitely has a narky vibe. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I was thinking, what would make him narky? Like, some people are just narky naturally, but some people are narky because they've got... Some, a reason. Yeah, like a yeah. deep resentment or regret, yeah. and they just can't get over it, and it comes out in their personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was thinking, maybe he felt that he needed to escape Cuba, for whatever reason, most likely due to Castro's Castro, yeah. up, uh, uprising. Yeah. Um, but... Like when when Cubans talk about Cuba, they talk about it with great passion and love. Like it's, you know, it's not just a country they come from. It's like it's like it's, their, it's, it's, it's their homeland that they love. Yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. not like you know. I like Australia. And yeah, being Australian's fine, but I don't Australia. have this deep 
like spiritual bond to it where you know i could live in another country and be happy enough there but you still feel australian you yeah, still yeah, feel yeah, glad yeah. that you're from yeah australia. sure yeah, yeah, yeah i appreciate yeah. it but yeah like it's like a deep like if you if you listen to say colombians they talk about colombia as if it's like you know the best place ever like yeah. it's, it's more than pride it's like a it's, it's like a status symbol no it's more Not like quite. this deep it's like, like this, a nationalistic it's like this, kind of vibe no no, no 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 it's like this deep <laughs> we'll get there yeah what like is this it? deep what almost this like even? mystical bond or something it's, yeah they talk about it more than pride or or you know gratefulness yeah um i reckon he felt that for cuba and even though he, he likes living in america you know he's got an okay life there and stuff but you know he always longs for Cuba, and that sort of gets on him and gets him down. And yeah, that, and he gets a bit narky about it. And you got to remember as well, there was the um, well, I think it's being lifted or lift or it has been lifted. The embargo between uh, Cuba yeah, and the Barack United Obama States. Lifted yeah, it. lifted it. Yeah, because yeah. so at the time there was that embargo. Indeed. So he yeah. probably wanted to go back. Or yeah, he probably that's what I mean. wanted. He probably had family there. He had family, and he couldn't see them. So exactly. yeah, that would have made him narky. Yeah, you know, like he's yeah. you know he's probably happy in America. Like life is probably a bit easier there for him. Well, he wears the New York Yankees cap in that's the episode. It, yeah. so, he, so he's he clearly loves New York, and that's his adopted home exactly yeah. um but you know he's he still longs for that his his home country you yeah know, where he where it can be sort of authentic i guess yeah yeah so that, that's what i thought about manny mm. and harold as well yeah so yeah that's one thing as well i thought as well mm, just yeah. again just the vibe just the vibe yeah i reckon the differences between their methods of being superintendents i reckon um harold's a bit more like by the book yeah you know, like he would he would be the sort of person to buy say a power tool or something that you need to assemble and yeah. follow the instruction book whereas manny would do sort of like more old school you know just sort of like wing it why do you think manny accepted 10 grand for the apartment do you reckon it was a bribe or some kind of kickback i'm just he accepted it, 10 grand like who accepts 10 grand because it's five more grand if you have an opportunity but that goes in like probably manny's pocket i don't know if he supervises if he, he like could have just the been the messenger maybe yeah but he made 10 grand he probably gets a cut yeah maybe no yeah I, I have no. I didn't think about I'm that. I'm just saying no because you mentioned Harold is by the book. Yeah. And then Manny is, and why yeah. did he accept so much money for a $400 a month place? I don't know. Come on, man. Yeah. You got to think. Yeah. No, I'm just talking about their superintendent <laughs> methods, like how they fix yeah. stuff, how they would repair oh, stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, they you certainly know. he yeah. got certainly fixed up with a 10G, didn't he? That's it. Ooh. Yeah. I bad. don't know. That's the vibe I got. I reckon yeah. Harold's a bit more sort of a bit more of a stickler for the rules. Yeah. And Manny, you know, like if there was say an electrical fault. Manny would call. Uh, sorry, Harold would call an electrician if he couldn't fix it. Whereas, whereas Manny, Manny would, just, would try. You know, himself. Manny would just have a bit of a crack. Like I don't <laughs> want to say dodgy, but no, just no, a no. bit more sort of like he just thinks a bit he can do loose. it. Yeah, he's more yeah, hands on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's Harold and Manny, the two. I guess the two main secondary characters. Yeah, that's episode, right. Yeah. So we'll. I guess we'll take a bit of a break. Yeah, yeah, and we'll we get will. Into the to the other secondary characters. Yeah, we'll talk about Roxanne and Rita, who worked at Madison Square Garden. Boy, yeah. that would be a good job. Yeah, and the other ladies that George tries to. Um, to sway. Yeah, we'll briefly talk about them as well. Yeah. And you're listening to But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. Stay with us. It was all over. <laughs> Taken care of. Done. Finished. 5,000. Where is she going to get 5,000? She doesn't have 5,000. <laughs> Clean. Goodbye. She's gone. <laughs> then you come in. What are you looking at the 5,000? What do you care? You got 5,000. Give her 5,000. And welcome back to But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character, uh, the Melbourne-based podcast talking about uh, secondary characters in our beloved TV show, Seinfeld. And, and you're with Stephen. And you're with Ivan. Yeah. And we're talking to people in Melbourne, Australia, and around the world. Yes. Yeah, hello. Especially in Ukraine and South Portland. Yeah. About uh, and other places episode uh, called The Apartment. 
Season 2, Episode 5. Yeah, it is. Uh, so far, we've gone through a bit of Seinfeld news. We've gone through a bit of a synopsis. We've talked about the two main secondary characters. Harold and Manny. The co-superintendents of uh, Jerry's building. And now we're going to talk about a few other characters, especially from the New York Marathon brunch. That's right. Kind of the second half of the episode. Yeah. The party that they go to. So um, we'll start off with Roxanne. Um, Roxanne. Yeah, so not the, not the lady <laughs> that Sting and the police sing about. But great song, great song. I get sued for copyright. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can use Seinfeld clips, no worries. But like humming, that badly humming. Yeah, badly uh, humming the police. No, Sting won't put up with that shit. No way. You know, him and his tantric ways. <laughs> for seven hours, apparently. Roxanne, played by Janine Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> so Roxanne was played by Janine Jackson. Do you reckon Janine Jackson had an affair with Sting? I reckon she I don't didn't. think so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, she, uh, her roles included ones in Election, The Craft, and Red Dragon. All good movies. Yeah, good movies. So, uh, yeah, that's Janine Jackson. Not many other... Oh, a few TV credits and film credits, but nothing of major... I think they're the guests... I guess they're their major the roles. Yeah, the late nineties, early two thousands kind of was her peak. Her peak, apparently yeah. commercial peak at least. And she was in an episode of Seinfeld, which is a massive honor. Yeah, definitely that is huge. Yeah, big gig. So with um Roxanne, for some reason the vibe that I got is that she is an art gallery owner and curator. Art gallery? How did you get that? Because she's wearing this like really swishy, like. I guess you would call it like a, not a cape but like it's like a dress <laughs> with all this like shit on it I don't know I'm bad at fashion Sh- shit. so it's yeah, just yeah. shit off all of this okay. dress yeah, that's and right. she just she just seems very like theatrical and sort of I don't know you're, she just, just, wait, you're waving your hands around yeah, as you're yeah, just yeah. driving you're if, like oh theatrical can, and yeah. this and if you can imagine me talking um, you know theatrically <laughs> I'm waving my hands around she just I don't know I just got that vibe you're speaking like an Italian yeah yeah waving um, your arms uh, around yes hey and she thinks that everyone's all winners that's right and she like I love when she just shakes her fist yeah. it's like an excitement yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah I don't know I just I just got art gallery owner and, and director vibe I would have said she was a teacher okay because you know, she's so caring and I think that she really nurtures her friends and I think okay. she really takes care of them. You know, she holds a brunch. Mm. You know, that's a nice thing to do. But being, I mean, being a gallery owner is pretty sort of social and you would have a, like a tight-knit group of friends. Mm, maybe she's true. an art teacher. We'll uh, combine them. teacher, there you go. Yeah. She's a teacher and maybe and maybe she does both. Yeah. Maybe she owns an art gallery and she's a teacher. Yeah. No, no, yeah. Do you reckon she's like a, a high school teacher if she was a teacher or like maybe at a tertiary level? Like, I'd say tertiary. Like a, like a lecturer or a tutor Probably. or something like oh. that. Well, she seems to have such a good caring personality. Mm. I don't know. She seems like, you know, everyone's a winner. She's like, she gives everyone the participation medals. Okay. You know? Yeah. So. You're all special. You're all special stuff. in your own way. Yeah. Yeah. I think she works. Okay. I don't know. She could be, maybe she's an art gallery teacher owner. That's true. She <laughs> Whatever to, that means. She seems to be a bit precious about sports as well. Like Jerry makes a joke um, oh. about the marathon. Yeah, yeah. And she's she goes, not very happy with no, his. No, she, um, yeah, yeah. I've got the quote here. Yeah. So he goes, "Yeah, she she doesn't seem to mind who wins the marathon." And Jerry goes, "Yeah, it's the same old thing. A woman from Norway, a man from Kenya, and twenty thousand other losers." Yeah. And then and she, she just her face just drops. Yeah. yeah and she like, kind of oh. just walks away from yeah, him, and yeah. that's it. That's it. Good. And then it cuts to George and Rita. That's right. The next girl. Yeah. So yeah, Rita. Um, just to set this up a tiny bit, um, uh, George finds out that apparently wearing a wedding ring is attractive to women. Because a friend who had like a box head. 
That's right. Or a flat head. Yeah. You know, told and, him um, about it. Yeah, instead yeah. of Jerry and Kramer encourage him to do it. So he borrows uh, Kramer's dad's ring yes. as a social experiment at this party. Which we mentioned before, yeah. That's right, yeah. So the he's band. Exactly. So he's walking around talking to women basically to see if it works. And the ring's stuck on his finger. That's yeah, so that's good. it. Yeah, so, so he, talk, he talks to three women, um, all who do respond as sort of anticipated. So the first one's Rita, um, and she is uh, she works for Madison Square Garden. Um, she doesn't say what her role is. Oh, she, I think she said she's a director for something. Okay. In there, yeah, something director. Right. I, I didn't quite pick it up. I didn't get it in my notes. Okay. Yeah, but she can offer him uh, floor seats to every sporting event in Madison Square Garden. That's it. Yeah. And that's the first of, like, George's major disappointments. Like, yeah. oh, my God. Yeah. And then, and then she's like, so what does your wife do? Uh, she's an entomologist. That's you right. Know, like bees, gnats. Na- bees, flies. flies, gnats. Yeah. I'm sure she's a lucky, <laughs> lucky woman. Yeah. <laughs> she's and, lucky to have a guy like you. And the, the look on George's face. Um, yeah, I know. He's just like, don't. Yeah, that's it. So she was played by Leslie Neal, um, and she's an actress and director, um, best known for mostly 90s movies, uh, Gremlins 2, oh, which no way. sucks. Yeah. First Gremlin is great. Oh, first Gremlin's great, yeah. yeah. Uh, Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. Which, oh, I again, remember that one. Oh, I so remember bad. it, yeah. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, amazing. I, Honey, like, I, blew I like Rick Moranis. Oh, he's great. He's great. Yeah, but the, the sequel sucks. It works once. Just, yeah. just keep it. And another movie called Uncle Sam, which I don't know anything about. Okay. Um, yeah, she's got a kid and she's been married since 1990. So... All of these ladies that George interacts with only have, what, 30 seconds of, of airtime, so there's not a lot to say about them. Yeah. Um, They're very... There's not enough, unfortunately, for us to flesh it out. Yeah. You know? And they kind of give you a summary of who they are anyway, so there's not a lot to build on because yeah. you, you get the answer straight away, I exactly. guess. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, Rita, she'd be a good a good person to, to know. Definitely. Especially if you're a sports fan yeah, like George. Yeah, definitely some good perks in that friendship. Just make sure you're not married, yeah? Indeed. <laughs> or at least pretend to be married by wearing a wedding ring yeah, that's it. as a social experiment. Yes. Now, so the next girl that he tries his experiment on is... Janice. Janice, yes. So, she seems to be very, I guess, sexual. Um, very sexual. Not sexual, but just very... Um, I guess sexually sure of herself. Yes. She she basically says that she can carry on purely physical relationships for years. For years and years, yeah. Yeah, and I think she's sort of in some sort of non-monogamous, maybe polyamorous open relationship. Definitely polyamorous. Some, I don't, something I th- like that. Yeah, I think she... I don't think she has a partner. No. Uh, something tells me she is just... Yeah, and if she does have a partner, she'd be in an open relationship oh, yeah. where she would be sleeping with other people. Um, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. wouldn't want to be her boyfriend. No. <laughs> find I mean, that out, I'd be like, oh... Damn. But a lot of people are in consensual open relationships, and that's oh, fine. Oh, yeah, yeah. But know. what I mean is if they weren't open. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah for like, sure. And then, oh, oh that just makes her an asshole if she's cheating on him. Oh, bad. Straight away. Bad. Yeah. Very um, bad. She seems very assertive and sure of herself she as well. Is, she yeah. just seems very, like, just confident. Sexually confident is what I was trying mm. to say. Just like, mm. this is who I am. I'm comfortable with it, even though it's not conventional. And mm. fuck you if you don't agree. I think she's gone through many different relationships, and she's probably tried having, like, the, the monotonous... Oh, m- monogamous. Monotonous. <laughs> Those two words are probably interchangeable. For a they, lot of people. they are. Monotonous, Sorry, I'm not monogamous. doing too well tonight with words. Am That's I? all right. So she's been in a few monogamous relationships and thought maybe I'll give it a crack, and then it didn't work out. And she thought, yeah. you know what? I'm going to do this. Sure. Go yeah. An open sense. relationship or just. Have a go. Yeah, have I a good think time. I think that's actually a common situation for people where you know they're married for twenty years and the marriage breaks down and they don't want to repeat that sort of conventional, you know, marriage. That's it. Monogamy. So they, you know, they opt for a more. I guess less conventional. You know, they're more grayer, they're fatter, and they think, you know what, I'm still going to have a crack. Yeah, why good not? for them. Yeah, good excellent. On. Keep their options open. Yes, and so, uh, Janice won't be with George because uh, she thinks he's married. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's and so, it. so I think she's, um, you know, even though she's 
you know, non-monogamous of some, like, you know, she's non-monogamous in some way. She's obviously ethical as well. Yeah, she won't, I think she she's, won't, she she's won't, got morals. Yeah, she, yeah. Won't, she won't fuck someone who's married or committed no, no. Unless, unless she knows explicitly that they're in a similar yeah. situation. I think even, I think she has boundaries. Yeah, she, sort of I thing. think she's, yeah. she's very good at honouring her desires, but at the same time, she's very good at respecting boundaries of other people, Absolutely. which is great. Yeah. I think that's the way to conduct yourself if you sort of, if that's, how your life is that is the right thing to do if you knowingly know that someone's in a relationship yeah don't try away. and ruin it yep back it away Good. exactly so she was played by Teresa Randall mm-hmm. um, another actress and um, mostly 90s films is what she was known for um, Malcolm X Sugar Hill Beverly Hills Cop um, Bad Boys and I didn't realise when I was watching it but when I saw Bad Boys in her list um, of films yeah what is she playing that moment she is Martin Lawrence's wife oh no way and she's a total badass in that film she just nice. she's fucking amazing I think I remember her yeah, yeah, yeah. she she um, yeah she's just awesome in that oh, film I want to watch I, Bad Boys again yeah and she's exactly. in Bad Boys too. obviously she was in Space Jam Spawn so, pretty good list of movies. Yeah, very, very good list. I don't think she was a main cast member in any of them, though. Just, Space just sort of Jam. A, was she Michael Jordan's wife? Maybe. I haven't seen Space Jam, I think, ever. Oh, you haven't if seen I, if, Space Jam? No, I've seen the website. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, the, the original website. Yeah, the original. It's still there, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God, Space Jam. you got to watch it. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Ah, oh, you'll like it. Yeah. You'll like it. Okay. It's fun. All right. It's I'll, fun. I'll put it on the list. Watch it. Yeah, so the third lady is uh, Susie. Yeah, I think... She has a huge, uh, uh, like, I think she's she's Eurasian. I think yeah. she's got a, like, I think she's half Asian, from yeah. what I can see. Yep. But she's definitely got a, uh, you know, she loves the, maybe the, is it Chinese or Japanese culture? Was she wearing, like, a geisha dress? Like, what was yeah, she wearing? Yeah, kind of geisha influence. Geisha influence, yeah. yeah. I think she loves, like, the culture. It could be Japanese or maybe mm. Chinese. Mm. Uh, but she loves the, like, the culture as yeah. well. I think she really sticks as, we'll assume she's Jap- half Japanese. Yeah, I don't know enough about their cultural garb to know, to know. definitively, but it kind of reminded me of that geisha of, sort of, of geisha Japanese attire. Yeah. yeah, I think for her, you know, she embraces her Japanese heritage. Mm. You know, I think she really, you know, she loves dressing like the way yeah. it is, and I think she loves. She probably speaks Japanese, mm-hmm. I presume. So, you know, a lot of people might be of Japanese background, but they're like, oh, I don't wear that, or I don't really appreciate my roots. Yeah, and then suddenly, you know, she wears the dresses and. You know, takes part in the in you know the cultural activities and stuff, and yeah, I think that's I think it's great. Yeah, she, st- she loves she sticks with the heritage. Yeah, I think she just probably, by seeing what she wears. Yeah, that's, that's true. I sort of got that as well. Yeah, I I found it to be kind of even though she only says a couple of sentences, mm. she seems very like kooky, like in like in a like a Zoe Deschanel sort of way, yeah, just yeah, like yeah. Girl just next like door. yeah, just like yeah. kooky and fun and a bit off offbeat, but in a in a in not an annoying way. And I love it when she knows that guys wear wedding wedding rings to try and pick up chicks. Yeah. And like she's she's in on it, she knows. Yeah. She reminds me of yeah. the sort of person like I've been to parties and sometimes you have conversations with people and all you talk about is what you do. Like what do you do for a living? I'm a this and I'm a that and I'm yeah. an accountant and blah blah blah. And it's just boring as batshit. Yeah. And then sometimes you meet people and within five minutes you're talking about the most obscure, weird just offbeat topics about I don't know conspiracy theories or whatever. Yeah, I reckon she'd be that person because she brings up straight away that she's aware that men wear wedding rings. Yeah, to she's, women. she's in. Like, she's in on it. Yeah, she so she she yeah. wants to talk about you know not what do you do for a living stuff straight yeah. away, which yeah I think should be fun to hang out you, with. You know the best thing is when you meet someone next time, especially you listeners if you're listening. Next time you meet someone, don't ask them what do you do. Ask them what you enjoy doing, oh. and you'll get a better response. So, for example, Stephen, instead of people saying, "What do you do?" Mm. Oh, I work. I work in an office. Yep. You can be like, "What do you enjoy doing?" Oh, I do a podcast mm. about Seinfeld. I whoa. What do you enjoy doing? 
I enjoy working in an office. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fine. Yeah, as fine. long as you enjoy it. Yeah, that's, a lot of people do. Yeah, I think I think you'll get a more enthusiastic response for sure, if and a more a, authentic response. If you're a Seinfeld podcaster, people will be like, "Whoa, yeah, shit. wow, that's incredible." I know, yeah. living the high life. Yeah, and we're listening to all over the world. True, in the Ukraine, so especially. Yeah, I'll need to remind our pilot to book our private jet. There. Yeah, so we'll 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 tee that up after the podcast. We just won't we just won't stop in that town where yeah you know, the Good Samaritan Act yeah. applies. We'll yeah. stop over in South Portland. Yeah, good idea. So who was <laughs> yeah, South, South Portland? We'll go. Hey guys. So yeah, so she was played by Patricia Thompson. Patricia Thompson. Yeah. Yep. Um, she has a pretty big um, TVography and filmography. She appeared in Seinfeld, Friends, Wings. Um, the Wayans Brothers show Saved by the Bell oh wow um, Days of Our Lives oh yeah um, yeah that old chestnut yep uh, who appeared in Days of Our Lives a couple of weeks ago on an episode one of the actresses no no we were talking about Days of Our Lives I think okay oh, no, I'm pretty one sure of no was? one of the actresses was in Days of Our Lives and maybe General Hospital and we were saying that they're like a oh yeah, yeah oh. maybe in episode five or six a couple six. of weeks ago yeah yeah, yeah. Um, oh no! I think it was the receptionist from the Bizarro Jury mm-hmm. two weeks ago. That's right. Six. That's right. Yeah, yeah, she was in those. Yeah, those those shows. So this might answer your question about the character. Yeah, the actress was born and raised in Tokyo. There you go. So Japanese. so she speaks Japanese and English fluently. There you go. Life imitating art, right? There you I go. I did it. Yep. And she, apparently she was a model when she was a teenager. And I yeah. And I didn't know about a Japanese. I just guessed she must be half Japanese. There you go. There you yep. go. That was a guess. I didn't read your notes. Yep. That was a guess. There you go. I did it. <laughs> if you could read my notes upside down on my phone, then you've that, got amazing eyes. That's mate. it. I'm done. I'm done. Yep. That's it. All right. You're out. Go. You're out. See ya. All right. I'm carrying this on my own. Two hours later, talking shit about <laughs> hot shots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just turns into nineties movies. And then all the listeners are like. Oh yeah. <laughs> See you later. Are. Anyway, so there's a couple of more guests at the party which we'll touch on. Yeah. Um, Stan and Joanne. Stan and Joanne. Yeah. So they're the couple um, that are, I guess they're friends with Elaine. I didn't friends with Elaine. Yeah. Yeah. And are friends with Roxanne. And Roxanne says that Jerry helped Elaine get the apartment. And they're that's all, right. Oh, that's really nice. And then Stan's like, Oh, she can come over anytime she wants. That's it. She's not too far from yeah. here. And then Jerry's like, like, Yeah, 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 yeah whatever. Yeah. So not much to say about them. They're only in it for a minute or so. Yeah. Not even 20 seconds. That's right? it, yeah. And they're sort of in the background in the later scenes, but they don't say much. But um, I gather that's, that Stan might be in like finance or a stockbroker yeah, or something. Yeah. He's very well dressed. I'd say that. Um, for some reason, I assume that he loved horses because, you know, those rich Americans love, you know, like in New York State and stuff. They, okay. they, all, they all own horses. Was he shit. wearing like a horse kind no, of thing? No, no. He just reminded me. He probably reminded me of some okay. movie or whatever with some rich dude has a bunch of horses. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Okay, cool. You know, rich people and horses, they go hand in hand. They do. Yeah. What about Joanne? Um, sorry, just a couple of things on Stan. Oh, yeah, sure. Even though he's probably well off and he works in finance, he seems like a really nice sort of humble humble guy. Yeah, like um, he started from the bottom. Yeah, his way up. exactly. And he does, um, uh, I believe they're going to do art classes or something. Yeah. They mentioned doing a class. No, they do a short story class. That's the one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, with Elaine. Yeah, so I think um, Stan and Joanne which is his wife, which I'll talk about in a bit. Um, they have a really loving relationship. Yeah. When they're talking to Elaine, you look at them and they're looking at each other yeah. with sort of love and respect. Mm. And they allow each other to say what they want to say. There's no sort of talking over. It just seems like a really loving relationship. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. and the fact that they go and do short story classes, like that's that's really sweet. That's nice. Yeah. Um, and it's really good, especially in the earlier episodes. You see like not necessarily secondary characters, but you see a lot of bit characters. Like, especially yeah. in the early seasons, like ones which will turn up like 10 seconds. Yep. And then you never see them again. A yep. lot of that, I remember like a lot of old Seinfeld episodes, not so much the newer, like the later ones, but a lot of the early ones have those little 
five, ten second characters, yeah. which, you know, don't make too much of an impact, but it's yeah. enough to carry the story. Yeah, like in last week's episode, the uh, stakeout, Jerry's family. Yeah. You know, they all just have one line and then sort of... That's, that's it. it. And you done. never see them again. Yeah, yeah. so I think I think they try to fit more secondary characters in maybe in earlier episodes rather mm-hmm. than flesh out three or four. Yeah. Um, like this episode, but they're always good. They're always memorable. Oh, they're fine. Yeah, so yep. that's that's kind of it for the, the characters. Yeah, um, actually just a couple of special mentions. Uh, yeah. There's a guy at the party who gives Jerry the thumbs up for helping Elaine with the apartment. I forgot his name. Because mm-hmm. Rita goes, hey, oh no, Roxanne goes, hey, this is the guy that gave Elaine the apartment. That's right. And then yep. Jerry's like waving and then the guy waves. I forgot his name. Yeah. Uh, there's also uh, Mrs. Hudwalker, the unseen character. Uh, Kramer's dad, who we presume... Is dead. We presume he's dead if, if Kramer's got his wedding band, yeah? Yeah. Um, and the band who move in upstairs at the end of the episode. Yeah, so I've got a couple of things to say about the band, sure. do you? Uh, not really, but go for it. Okay. So for some reason, I was trying to think of what their name would be and the music that they play is sort of like... It's like, like it's like hair metal. Yeah, it's it's like, it's like more yeah. It's and sort of like we've got to remember this is before I think this is before grunge. I think Nirvana like Nevermind by Nirvana. Like came this out came out 90. April fourth, ninety one. I think it came out in November ninety one. It came out in ninety two. Was it ninety? Oh, it was ninety one. Yeah. Nope. Oh, there 92. you go. So this is like yeah. a year before. Oh, hang on, no, no, no sorry, it was ninety one. Yeah, because um, In Utero came out in ninety three. Yeah, yeah, yep. that's it. But I think it was like November ninety one when Nirvana. Yeah. So you got to remember, this is like few, like months, a few months before yeah. grunge came on the scene. And so killed hair metal. Yeah, thankfully. killed it overnight. Thank goodness. Yeah, but hair metal was still kind of. Yeah, you know, it was still like a thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 You got to remember that. That's too. it. And yeah, I mean, crazy. A fun fact about hair metal: the biggest selling hair metal album ever was in 1989, well after its peak. It was Motley Crue's uh, "Doctor Feelgood," there you go. which I think sold eight or nine million albums just in America. I believe it. So you know, it was still sort of at its peak even in 1991. Exactly. Um, yeah. So I was trying to think based on the band, like the music they play, um, and bands around that time. For the best name I could think of was a bit was Generator. A generator, yeah. No, just generator. Just that generator. Was, I reckon that was their band. Name. That was their band. Yeah, and I reckon they. I've I've played in bands myself, so I sort of drew on experiences and like funny things. Yeah. Um. You know, I've come across and <laughs> spinal just, tap experiences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's exactly. the stage? Yeah. <laughs> you know, amps that go up to eleven and yeah. whatnot. Your drum, so. your drummer just explodes. <laughs> that's it. No that's problem. it. Yeah, I, I had to put up with that all the time. Yeah. That's why I don't play in bands anymore. Yeah. Sick <laughs> of exploding drummers. <laughs> Dealing with all that death and misery. Oh god. Um. All that guts. All those guts and blood. Yeah, so I reckon I reckon they're the sort of band that rehearse. They're tight as they're tight as a fish's asshole, but they <laughs> but they never <laughs> oh bad never, never heard that one. No, never. Is that like refund your lunch? And I'm never going to hear that one again. No, okay. it's not like refund your lunch. So anyway, they're as tight as a fish's asshole. They always rehearse. I'm never going to hear that. One. That's the last time. <laughs> the last time you're ever going to mention that. From saying that ever. Good. Okay. From they rehearse, but they never play live. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So they're really tight. Um, as something that I won't mention. Um, <laughs> and I reckon the guy that uh, Kramer mentions that he finds to, to get the apartment for 10 grand, Kramer mentions he works in the music industry. I reckon he's sort of the guy with all the contacts and he's a control freak. And he's got the $10,000 to just pay him. Exactly, yep. yeah. So I reckon it's just him. I reckon it's just a vanity project for him, but he doesn't want to actually play in a collaborative band like, you know, where everyone has equal say. Yeah, stuff. He, he's just the front man and he says Yeah, it all. that's yep. it. But they never actually play. No. So... That's kind of it. That's it for the secondary characters for Indeed. season two, episode five, The Apartment. Yeah, so thanks for listening. Oh, hang on. We got one last thing we have to do. That's right. We've got listener mail. Listener mail. So we got a lovely letter from... Uh, email. Email. Not letter. letter. Whatever. Oh, an e-letter, if you will. An e-letter. His name's Peter. An electronic letter. Yeah, electronic, electronic <laughs> mail. Uh, yeah, so... From Peter. 
from Peter, who we assumed lives in New York. Lives in New York, yeah, so from the US. So, hey, Peter, if you're listening. So, thanks for getting in touch. It's really lovely. Yeah, I'll just briefly summarise what he said. Mm. I said, he goes, hey, guys, just wanted to say great podcast. Been listening for a couple of weeks and I've been loving it. Uh, Listen to the first five episodes uh, of the podcast um, in a couple of days and then the rest as they came out. Wow. That's pretty good. That's amazing. Good effort, man. Uh, About season six, the Bizarro Jerry, he thinks um, we were talking about, you know, Kramer and Feldman, you know, the comparisons. And he says that um, Kramer's hair is actually appropriate compared to Feldman's, um, as Kramer's hair is curly in a crazy mess, uh, whereas Bizarro Kramer's hair, Feldman, it's a straight 50s-style all-American army flat top. And he said you can't get more adverse to Kramer's personality than that. Yeah, that was a really good point. That's very true, yeah. Yeah, good so work, we were yep. sort of saying that... Um, we were a bit confused as to how it was opposite. I remember when we were recording that episode. We were. Because they're both kind of like weird haircuts. No, but that's perfect. That actually yeah, makes perfect sense. Yeah, he's got the more... Sense. Feldman had the more rudimentary haircut. Yeah. And then Kramer has the wild... The, like what I've got now. Yeah. The wild the, haircut. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's it. Good point, Peter. Thank yeah, you. so thanks for getting in touch. Yeah, thank you. And just a couple of things. He wants to us to one day do an episode about the uh, trip part two. Yeah. So, so that so might come up in the near future. Yeah, so yeah. keep an ear out for that. Yep, and he wants uh, or he he's asking us if he, one day we can do a what's the deal with for Newman. That's going to happen. That will happen, Peter, don't you worry, mate. Yeah, That's when going to happen. when um when we were discussing sort of, you know, every fifth episode we do a character rather than an episode. Yeah. Um Newman was one of the first. Yeah. I mean, other than, you know, the parents and Susan, he's probably the main secondary character. We have yeah, we thought we yeah. had to do So that. that'll happen sooner rather than later. That will. So stay in touch, Peter. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah. And, and thanks for um, your email, man. Yeah. It's uh it's really lovely. So um I've got a little shout out. It's a bit obscure. Oh, it'll it'll make it. sense to the person listening to it, but um, I got some feedback about myself, which yeah. was very nice. Cool. And um, the person uh, who got in touch with me, her name's Danny. And um, <laughs> okay, she, hey Danny. She, hey, she said that she likes uh, listening to us. Oh, thank with you. With an emphasis on listening. So okay, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> cool. Thanks, yep. Danny. We yep. like you listening to us. Yes, I guess, and especially me. Oh, especially yeah. Apparently. Mr. Golden Vocals, I think. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> Mr. Smooth, smooth as chocolate. Oh, I sound like a squeaky idiot. No, you don't. You anyway. Good. Anyway, that's it. <laughs> oh, God. That's it for another week of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. Next week for Episode 9, we'll take you to Season 9, where we're going to talk about the blood. Looking oh, forward to this one. Man, that's such a laugh a minute episode. What a great episode. Oh, so good. I it's forgot how be, good it was. It's going to be so much fun. Oh, it's and it's our good. first Season 9 episode, too, which will be really awesome. Which will be great. And for, se- and for Episode 10, we've got uh, What's the deal with but we'll talk next week about what's yeah happen. so that's going to be even more fun and we can't wait to um to reveal all the details it's so going to be exciting yeah, we hope you get excited yeah find us on facebook twitter and instagram at bidwabask b-i-d-w-b-a-s-c and also bidwabask podcast at gmail.com if you want to drop us a line like peter did yeah there you go and uh yeah if you have anything to say get in touch yeah and uh thanks again for listening and we'll, we'll catch you all next week thanks so much my name's ivan i'm steven see you then